The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and my name is Rob McConnell. My guest this hour is Ben Abba. We're going to be talking about Secrets of an Immortal. Now, Ben is a modern-day Plato with an important story to tell, the story of a real man living among us who has seen nearly 2,800 years of history through his own eyes. Ben grew up in a traditional household in middle America where he excelled in physics, mathematics, chemistry, biology, geography, history, and biblical studies. From his college years, he has gained experience, extensive experience, in computer and business security, where he uses, uh, which he uses to protect financial institutions' information and assets. He is also a professional remote viewer. Ben Abba's love for the sciences and his insatiable curiosity opens his eyes to many possibilities that our universe has to offer. However, his business and technical skills made him very skeptical. Now, when he sought to find the oldest person alive on planet Earth, he used his skills in tracking down hackers and financial fraudsters, along with his unique researching skills to locate and make contact with a person. Are you ready for this? older than 150 years old. What he found was shocking, even for someone with an open mind like his. However, after a couple of long interviews and lots of research, what started out to be unbelievable soon turned into incredible. Ben Abba this hour is the author that brings this amazing mystery all together in Secrets of an Immortal. The website is secrets-of-n dash immortal.com and ben welcome back to the exxon great having you with us thank you rob it's a great honor to be back and uh enjoying our great interview we had from last time we sure had a lot more to talk about and i'm looking forward to it tonight ben um every time i think about your story every time i, I read the uh the information that you send me it seems more and more incredible however what i've learned over the years doing this show is whatever seems to be incredible is really normal. Yes. In fact, I was thinking about that the other day. If I could write a fictional story, it would be more believable than this story I'm going to tell you about tonight. In fact, I, I consider myself a pretty sharp mind, but I could not come up with a story fictionally as more incredible as what we're going to talk about. It's just, I mean, it's, that's the, the truth is the truth is stranger than fiction. That's right. I think you found that out yourself. All right, please stand by, Ben. You and I have to take a two-minute commercial break. Exxon Nation, Ben Abba is our special guest. Secrets of an Immortal. Once again, his website, 
www.secrets-of-an-immortal.com and Ben Abba and I will return as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere, or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Ben Abba is our special guest this hour, Exxon Nation, www.exxon.com. Secrets of an immortal dot com. Uh, ben, what have been? What are some of the developments that you've had since you and I last talked and discussed uh, secrets of an immortal? Well, I attended the uh, recent festival called uh, Kumbh Mela. It's in uh, held every four years in different places in the country of India, and um, basically the Kumbh Mela stands for Festival of Immortals which I found out about um, through a few uh, mutual acquaintances and decided to attend this year's uh, basically celebration. It's the, the belief in India is um, that if you uh, attend a what you call a communal bathing ceremony, you will be uh, immortalized for four years until the next uh, celebration. And so they have millions, and in fact, I think it's the largest festival of, of all uh, all over the world, uh, people come to go to this communal ba- bathing, um, and essentially, the, the, their belief is that the water and the bathing ceremony together allows them to become immortal for the for four years. They uh, they can prevent themselves from having accidents, bad uh, diseases, and that such. And and it's it's interesting that the uh, their belief systems. For the most part, does protect them. It really, they, as a majority, I, I find as a significant people that do attend it, have very little um, issues with disease and accidents. And if you see these people driving over there, there's something protecting them because they drive like idiots. I'm, I'm, I'm being kind. 
and I would never want to drive around there. They they have though no, you know all their uh, road uh, traffic uh, signs are basically suggestions, not the law. And so you, something's protecting them is definitely not the the road work and such. Um, uh, if I may continue, I'd like sure. to tell you a few more stories from the Kumamela this year. If that's okay. Sure, go right ahead, Ben. Um, they have a lot of their gurus, of course. Most of them are Buddha, but actually most of them are Hindu. There's some Buddha that show up. And I was also told that I would have the opportunity to meet a 150-year-old guru who was, had a uh, Ash, Ashwan there. And then and, um, there's one that's very hard to visit, but it shows up once in a while at 600 years of age. Hmm. Well, as I went over there, I made every effort to meet with these people. And, of course, I was told, go here, go there. And I, it's very possible that the 150-year-old does exist. But the 600-year-old, I just couldn't find any evidence other than just hearsay and, and legend. But uh, it was quite the interesting stories and how this uh, man was supposedly the, one of the first gurus to attend the Kuma Mela. The Kuma Mela basically started supposedly 5,000 years ago, but because of the, um, the Muslim invasion, they discontinued it till about 500 years ago. And so this gentleman was this guru, who supposedly 600 years of age, was one of the few people that started up, restarted up after the, they uh, kicked the Muslims, bringing the majority of them out of India, and um, and reintroduced the Hindu t- uh, traditions to the country. So it was, it was very fascinating to hear the legends and hear the stories. But mm-hmm. I didn't find any evidence uh, whatsoever that these people. Uh, existed other than the fact that they are stories that are passed among everyone else. And um, However, I have to admit, they have a belief system that's very strong and something is protecting them. It's very obvious that they're, they're well protected when you see them uh, driving around these roads and eating some strange meals that you probably wouldn't normally eat in the United States or Canada. So where has your quest to find the oldest people on this planet taken you? And who who is the oldest person that you found? Well, my quest has taken me around different parts of Asia, um, a little bit, a lot of the Mediterranean area. I don't go into Pacific countries, but most of the Mediterranean area. And the oldest gentleman that I have found um, happens to live in the Mediterranean area and is nearly 2,800 years of age. And uh, I think we'll talk a little bit more about him tonight because he has so much information. It's pretty incredible. And after a long effort to get to the point where he would open up to me and and in confidence, I was able to extract some of this phenomenal, incredible information from him and some of his eyewitness accounts of history. Because we've, as you're probably aware of, the Mediterranean Sea area was most of Western history that uh, was created or basically evolved from. And, right. and uh, so he got a chance to meet a lot of the name droppers of today that we talk about in our history books. How many people, Gary, I'm sorry, uh, Ben, how many people, Ben, do you believe? still roam this planet that are hundreds, if not thousands of years old? Right now, from my preliminary research, I believe that there are 25 people alive today that are over 250 years of age and about three to four of them that are over 1,000 years of age. Um, as far as between 150 and, and 250, I think there's a lot, probably hundreds, maybe even 1,000. Where did your Where did your quest start to find the oldest person in the world? Well, basically, it started on the internet, just looking at what records were out there, what was available, 
as you probably well know, the Guinness World Book of Records has the oldest person alive as 122 years of age. Mm -hmm. And if you start digging around other record-keeping, um, let's say, museums or uh, institutions or even documents, you'll find that there's people much older living among us. Uh, for instance, the National Geographic had an issue about a gentleman 168 years of age in the South Russian mountains, and they had uh, talked about how the, the group of people as a whole lived well over 100 years of age, and there was many marriages and many families started after 100 years. So that was pretty interesting to find out what they were about. And then the oldest person I could find on the Internet, as far as uh, records were concerned, was a gentleman by Lee Ching Young, who, according to uh, New York Times and the Toronto, Toronto Sun, or Star, Toronto right, Star, Toronto Star yeah. uh, uh, died in 1933 at the age of 256 years. So that's what got the, the, the quest started, that there was obviously more people and more information out there that's not available to us, and that's where I started using some other my unorthodox skills to, to find these people. Why don't you think this information is common knowledge? Well, that's the big question, and I'm really, um, I've got mixed ideas about that. Again, it's kind of speculation. Sure. Um, the, the main reason I'm told is because no one believes the record-keeping of people other than the Europeans and Americans and Canadians. Um, I don't buy that, but that's what they're told. I don't believe that people that, uh, you know, a thousand years ago would lie on their gra gravestone. Yeah, maybe one or two, but not hundreds of people. And there's a lot of gravestones out there with over 100 to 150 plus people on their, on their age, according to the gravestone. So mm -hmm. it, it's, you see that, you look at it and you go, well, again, we don't have the, the concrete proof that these people lived that long, but we do have, um, sufficient evidence to, to, to fully believe that at least one or two of them probably did. And then uh, there's this, there's, uh, a lot of group of people, like I said, in, in Russia, in fact, there's a, a woman, I think, that just celebrated 157th birthday. I can't remember the exact date uh, recently. And she's got documentation from the Russian government that she's over well over 122 years of age, but Guinness Book of World Records won't accept it. So I think it's one of it has to do with record keeping. Um, another thing I think to do is, is that there's some political thing behind it. I, I don't want to get too much into conspiracy, sure. uh, conspiracy you know, theories, but... Um, when I started talking about this on various forums, I started getting uh, really nasty emails, in fact, some threats by people who I didn't understand. Why would you be upset that I'm talking about people that I've met over 150 years of age? And I'm starting to believe now that there is a group of people that are in this either zero population growth people or whatever that do not want us to live beyond 100 years of age or, or very few of us. So there may be something political behind it. I, it's just pure speculation on my part, but I'm just seeing, I'm trying to connect the dots and thinking there, there may be a group of people that are out there. And then there's a third group that just simply, you, you, like, like, uh, like you and I, Rob, that just are so skeptical. They've got to see this person, touch them, feel them, and actually know that they're really that age before they're going to believe it. And they're not going to talk about it unless they do. So, um, you know, that's the group of people that we're, I want to talk to them, give them what information I do have, and let them make up their own mind because they're the ones that got to, you know, make their find their own evidence in a sense. Even though I can only present them with so much, they'll have to find their, the rest of it to, to, to you know, to, to to relieve their skepticism of the possibility that these people could live that long. 
Now, the the 2,800-year-old man, I understand for reasons of security and confidentiality, there's not a lot you can tell us as far as who he is, where he is, and so on. And, And I respect that, Ben. But you're a skeptical guy. How did you accept this this claim that this person was actually 2,800 years old. Are we talking about well, reincar- are we talking about reincarnation, or are we talking about his present lifespan? We're talking a, a physical one body, one physical body lifespan of 2,800 years, nearly. Um, there's a king that he was born right after, and that's why I'm using mm-hmm. to date him with. Right. Again, using historical records that they basically they didn't have a birth certificate that far back. They didn't have driver's license. They didn't have passports. Um, the that is the the biggest part of this quest was I wanted to find the oldest person alive and talk to them. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't at the point trying to absolutely positively identify him, but allowing myself to just talk to him, hear what he had to say, and then take the information back, and then kind of collaborate what I could. And I had a belief when I approached this person that he really was the oldest person alive. I had a suspicion he was older than a thousand years. I wasn't absolutely certain I'd, I'd use some unorthodox, unorthodox techniques to, to find him. And he was, um, he's trying to hide his age. He's not trying to admit that he's over a hundred years of age right now. Um, but when I approached him and, and gave him what I knew about him and, um, uh, you know, gave him the secret hand cold and handshake sure. from the Illuminati, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I tried, I tried to convinced him to open up to me, and he started telling me his stories. And these stories, when, and I'm hoping we'll talk about a few of them tonight, we start putting them all together, he has to be that old. There's all no right. way a, a person could not be around if that not that old. Ben, we've got to take our break with the news. Please stand by. Ben Abba is my special guest. He's the author of Secrets of an Immortal website, www.secretsofanimmortal.com. And uh, Ben Abba and I will return on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues with yours truly from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Ben Abba is our special guest, Exonation. Secrets of an Immortal, www.secretsofanimmortal.com. Ben, every time I think of this gentleman that you've had the pleasure of talking to who is 2,800 years old, Man, it must be a thrill for you to actually communicate with this guy and, and to actually speak to him. He's a walking history book. Yes, and that was kind of one of the side benefits from finding this gentleman. I was actually looking to, just to find out how he survived. How he, what does he eat? Uh, what does he do for a daily routine? Does he have a religious belief? Does he have uh, some kind of other spiritual belief? That's what my main personal goal was. Right. And then as he started talking and opening up to me about his history, I started getting goosebumps and then more goosebumps. And finally, now I have a permanent set of goosebumps because everything he's told me, and, and especially as I collaborate some of the, his information, it's just like, wow, this is for real. And I'm talking to this guy. And it's like, it's, you know, you, you get a chance once in a lifetime to meet one of these invited people like the Dalai Lama and who I went to actually looking uh, to meet, was supposed to meet this past spring at the Kumamela. And then uh, I had an opportunity to meet the, uh, one of the popes in the past. And those guys are so enlightened. When you get close to them, you just know. They just know that they're special people. And this is like that on steroids. I mean, this guy really is a very special person. What was it that he said to you that convinced you beyond a shadow of a doubt that this, this person is who he says he is. Well, there I can't think of exactly one specific. There was so much. Mm-hmm. Um, when he started talking to me, it's about some of his biblical experiences, which is I can only you know dab in a little bit. Sure. That what really hit me home. In fact, um, he pointed out some things that I wasn't even aware of about the, the our biblical history. And, um, in fact, one of the things we talked about is he described in detail what I believe, fully believe is the chalice from the Last Supper, what we call the Last Supper chalice. Um, he described in detail seeing this um, when he was in the home of the, you know, the guy we talked about from 2,000 years ago, Christ. And this is a, a chalice that I had seen in other places, in other places. Uh, uh, other documents and um, and other research. So I kind of researched that ahead of time before I even met him, and and he was describing in detail what I suspected always all along was what the what the chalice would lo- have looked like. Have you had the opportunity of meeting this person face to face? I believe I have. You believe you have? I believe I have. How can you? be so sure that he is who he says he is, and yet you only believe you have met him. I don't understand this. It's not very diff- it's very difficult to speak with. I don't understand. His language is very oh, difficult to speak with. So um, he's a person who I communicated with for a long time before. I mean, he isn't somebody you and I can just have a conversation like this with. If he was on the phone right now, he would kind of go, I don't quite understand it, but after I you know, made some tapes, made some other information, um, I was able to, you know, believe that this is the person who I was talking to, and yeah. What does he like to talk about? He likes to talk about just living, how history repeats itself, some of his things. Um, it took a lot of effort to get him to open up about his past. 
um, when I started talking to him about some memories that were very emotional uh, to him, you know, people he had lost in his, in his past, that was difficult for him. But then he, once he opened up, uh, it, it was pretty. He was pretty talkative about it. Um, one of the people he met in his past, he had a relationship with, and it's going to be in the new book that's coming out, um, is a person who we now call today Madam Curry. He had a, uh, a brief relationship with Madam Curry, which I would like to talk a little bit about tonight. Sure, go ahead. I, 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 I never. <clears throat> I, I, I'm just sitting here imagining how, how much grief and how much sorrow this poor man has gone through in his life because he's an immortal. You know, he's lost. Well, that's another part of the story that I find very fascinating because how do you deal with the loss of loved ones and then carry on and carry on? And I think it has to do with your belief system. It has to do, he doesn't believe they're actually physically dead, although I'm sure in certain cases he, he's had to know that, mm-hmm. um, particularly close family members, but he believes most of the, that they're somewhere else on the planet and they're just on a long trip somewhere and someday he'll run across the pass. It's a belief that uh, death is an option and that these people chose to leave at their own court, not because they were forced to or was a predetermined fate. And that's something that's difficult for us to understand, very difficult for me to understand. But as I incorporate it into my life, it, start, it, it empowers me to understand mm-hmm. how we can extend our lives. This this one piece of the pie that is extending our, our beliefs about death and believe more in life than death, not focus your life on on how you're going to die or when you're going to die, but focus on how you can live as long as you so choose. Does he have any special spiritual uh, philosophy he follows? Yes, it does, and it's kind of interesting. Um, I call it the master. He's basically a master. He he doesn't um, so much believe in a particular religion. He just Mm -hmm. believes he has a personal relationship with God who is an invisible friend that's sitting there with him at all times, and he can sit over, you know, turn his head, and just have a conversation and and believe he's having a two-way conversation. It's not just a one-way. And watching him and, and feeling with him and, and, and all the connections I had with him, I fully believe that's 100% accurate. It's it's not that God is this entity somewhere else. It's that they have a... And most of these mortals do. I mean, most of these people are, that are living past 150, 200 years, I believe they had to have a, some kind of a spiritual connection. Otherwise, they'd be just, you know, roadkill. Because you have to have something that protects you from, um, you know, the day-to-day chances of having accidents mm-hmm. and or hitting, talking to the wrong person or, or touching the wrong person that has a fatal disease. These people have to be protected uh, spiritually, and I believe that to him it's, it's just a, a natural thing. Just as much as you and I talking or breathing, they have this natural connection feeling of a connection with the creator. Is he out there in the public? Does he go out? Does he do his shopping? Does he does he go to, uh, I don't know, what, or, or is he secluded in, in his home? They all do, and it's, that's what's so funny is they look like a standard senior citizen. They blend into their society very well. You probably could have walked by one of them and not even known it, thought it was maybe somebody's grandfather. That's what's so amazing about this is, it's pretty difficult to to spot them mm-hmm. on the street. They, they they do their business. They walk around, and like I said, uh, this gentleman had a relationship, a short one, but a, a, a relationship with uh, a very young Madame Curie, 
And how does someone, to me, how does a you know a thousand year old or two thousand or twenty eight hundred year old gentleman pick up young childbearing chicks? I mean, he's got some secrets there, and that was one of the things that really got me interested. Well, how do you do that? I mean, you know, these these gals are going going to go for somebody's grandfather, but they he's got a he's got a strategy, he's got a style, and he's got a technique to do that, and that apparently he's been very successful because he's had many many families, many many wives. Does he have any children who are also immortals? Well, that was one of the big things I wanted to find out because that kind of, you know, suggests there's some genetic information yes. there. And he said he had one child, one son, who actually lived to 250 years of age, but most of them do not. They just don't. They don't buy into the, uh, the you know, they buy into what society tells them to do, not necessarily what what their father tells them to do. And what would their father tell them to do that's so different from society? Well, he tried not to tell them his identity or his secrets, but he did kind of like, you know, hint here, hint there, why don't you eat this, we do this. And I know a lot of children, I don't know if you're like this as well, Rob, but we kind of rebel a little bit against our parents here and there, and he probably took some of their advice and then probably did not. And he said, uh, you know, depending on how well he took his advice, that's how long they lived. And he said one son was successful for 250 years, but nobody else. Does he talk about what happened to that son and why he's still not around? If he, if his, if he's what twenty eight hundred years old, most of his children um, he's lost touch with over the years because he would he would start uh, basically restart or re reset himself, re- regenerate himself as far as his identity is concerned. Mm-hmm. It'd be one hundred fifty to two hundred years, so he would he would move on. But he's he's had hurt in it. But that Pacific son, I have to admit, I didn't uh, ask him what happened to him. I should do that. Next time I talked to him, does he? Um, mean, I just know he said it was about 250 years so he lived. Does he maintain his same identity throughout his lifetime, or does he change identities? He does change identities about every 150 years. He basically has moved from one side of the Mediterranean to the other and just started a whole new life, and then just back and forth. Does he live in fear? He doesn't live in fear, but he doesn't. He. I would say extremely value, values his privacy. You, you got to admit, you know, over the history of time, anybody that sticks out, anybody that has any any type of uh, un, unusual talent, was considered uh, a heretic or they were burned at the stake. They were attacked. I mean, we we've got a whole history of people doing this even today. And so his concern is, if I open up my mouth and tell people what I am, I'm going to be, you know, either uh, barraged with with people who want to be students, right. barraged with uh, you know uh, the people that don't want him to be alive, or or be captured by some government agency and turned into a lab rat. So I didn't pick it up as fear, but as more as just uh, caution and desire to remain his privacy and enjoy his life the way he's got. He doesn't want to change his lifestyle that much. How old do you think he's going to live to? Uh, well, I know this. Well, I could tell, he, he's, uh, again, I did some of this remote viewing on him, and it was well past 3,000 years. I don't know um, how much past that, because it seems like, you know, what's the mood of the day kind of a thing. I think he's only going to check out when he's bored, and that's pretty, pretty much what it is. So, and that's, you know, that's why I think when you have a, a person like this and a belief system like this, is when he really, really wants to go. And I think that the part of me being in his life is to extend his life further by helping him travel. Because 
as we mentioned in the earlier show, it's going to be more and more difficult without proper ID yes. to travel these days. And he loves to travel. Um, and, you know, he's going to need a person like me to get through all the hoops and difficulties of going from one place to another without people suspecting or knowing that he really is much older than he, he claims to be. Have you been able to acquire a fingerprint from him so that his identity could actually be verified? No, I've not visited him since we, we spoke last. That was one of the things that's on my to-do list. Yeah. So I'm going to look. I'm trying to get to him this this fall. I was going to try to get to him in the spring and end up. Uh, I was going to visit him on the way to India and just end up going to India because of some work concerns. What do you think it's going to be like meeting him one on one again? Awesome. <laughs> um, well, he, again, I'm hoping and, and praying that he's still as as cooperative as he was last time. Um, the first time I met with him, was, it was an extremely difficult conversation, through, mostly through the door and, you know, through the, the area. But uh, the second conversation got much, much better. And, and so I have had uh, conversations with him, you know, other, by other means, of course, mm-hmm. and those seem to be gotten better. So the, the goal this time is to get a lot more chummy with him and, and uh, spend more quality time. So I'm going to be trying to get to the point where I don't have to worry about I don't have a time frame. I can only meet with him a certain amount of time. I'm because of some of my work constraints. I had to cut short the last visit, and I really, really feel bad about that because this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I'm looking forward to a long, longer visit and doing some more things with him, and maybe convince him to come to the United States. Tell me, and don't take this the wrong way. What happens if this guy? Isn't who he says he is. Well, that's that's always, always, always a possibility, unless you do a dissection of this man in front of, I say at least a thousand quality scientists. But I have no information that suggests otherwise to, to, to date. Do you think that he would be willing to let you take a fingerprint of him? I'm going to ask him. Or I'm going to ask to try to get a hair sample. A DNA, yeah. And uh, I don't know about a blood sample. That's the one thing I was trying the last time. And it right. Just, you know, I just don't feel comfortable poking somebody without really getting it. But if he, you know, has, for some reason, cuts himself and starts bleeding, I'll more than happy to clean up the mess. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, you and I have to take our final break. Please stand by. Ben, great having you with us here in the Exxon. Exxon Nation, Ben Abb is our special guest. We're talking about his book, Secrets of an Immortal, and we're also talking to a man who he's met and he believes is nearly 2,800 years old. Ben's website is www.ben, I'm sorry, www.secretsofanimmortal.com. That's www.secretsofanimmortal.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break. As we do our wrap-up of tonight for Monday, July the 26th in the year 2010. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. I can't 
Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation. Whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials, how we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Exonation Ben Ab is my special guest this hour. He's the author of Secrets of an Immortal. His website is www.secretsofanimmortal.com. And Ben, I understand you would like the help of the Exonation. Yes, um, this gentleman had his first photograph taken, he believes, by somebody uh, in, the, in the Paris French, either press, either uh, the newspaper or magazine. And of course, if we had his picture from 100 years ago and compared it to today, and it's looks pretty much the same. I think it's pretty compelling evidence this gentleman is immortal or dang well close to it. Um, and so I, I've been talking to a lot of the people in Paris by email and correspondence, mm -hmm. and, and they all suggest they have pictures of, uh, uh, you know, Marie, uh, Madame Curie, who at that time was known as uh, Marie, and, and her last name I can't pronounce is a Polish name, but... Um, she, before she married uh, Pierre Curie, was um, spent some time with this 21-year-old gentleman, and they attended very social occasions. And one of those social occasions, there was photographers. And uh, he was part of the group with Marie, uh, at that time, right. again, unmarried Marie Curie. And uh, he told me the description of what was in the picture, which I don't want to reveal at this time, because I want people to, if they have some of that, but I would be most interested in even being interested in a reward if that's necessary. If someone can find one of these old pictures back then, I'd have to, of course, verify that it really is an authentic picture, but um, there is a specific picture or two of him with Marie Curie from about 1890, I think he said 93, 91, somewhere in there wow. when she was in Paris. That's unbelievable. Yeah. All right, so where would you like the listeners to send this information to, Ben? Well, I have a blog, uh, benabba.com, that you can always uh, put comments on. 
any time. Um, the other uh, websites, secretsofmemorial.com, if you send it to that website, um, usually like a, a postmaster or webmaster, my, my webmaster picks it up. Um, and then uh, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, just look up Ben Abba. One of those places you can more than happy to send me some information to. And I get Super. quite a bit from there already. Ben, as always, great uh, great talking to you. Thanks very much for sharing this uh, incredible story with us. And uh, I'm sure the Exo Nation will do their very best to help you solve this mystery. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And it's been an honor to be with you tonight. Once uh, again, Ben, give your website so will you, pal? It's secretsofinamoral.com for the uh, to pre-order the book. And you'll get a free copy of my book, which I co-authored with... Uh, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, uh, Wake Up Moments of Inspiration. And then my main blog where a lot of information is at is benabba.com. Ben, thanks for being with us. Great talking to you. Look forward to the next time when you and I meet here in the Exxon. Sounds great, Rob. You have a great day. Take care, my friend. Ben Abba, once again, Exxon Nation, www.secretsofanimortal.com, or you can just go to Google, enter Ben Abba. Plenty of listings right there, but the main one that I would suggest is secretsofanimortal.com. Well, that's it for tonight, everyone. I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking all our listeners around the world for sharing their time, no matter where you are, at home, work, or play with us here in the X-Zone. So until tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, when once again we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone, take care of each other, love each other, and always remember to keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night now. <laughs>